Welcome to Eurovision Queens! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, the podcast that celebrates the musical extravaganza which is the Eurovision Song Contest. Hello, I'm Andy, a long-term Eurovision fan. And I'm Ryan, a Eurovision basic bitch who's here to learn more about the contest. So, how are you feeling three episodes in? Are you feeling less basic? I'm not feeling less basic, but I'm feeling like a podcaster now. Gosh. Are we officially podcasters? I think so. I think we might be. <laughs> I can't wait for certain meal prep companies to offer us <laughs> lucrative sponsorship deals. Yeah, I think we're all way off that, darling. Uh, <laughs> so, if you're new to the pod, you haven't listened to before, where have you been? But we want to tell you what the podcast involves. Ryan, what do we do in each episode? So, each episode, we intend to play seven Eurovision songs based on seven different categories. What are the categories, Andy? Well, the first three categories, as Ryan always likes to say, are time-locked. Yeah. Time-locked to different periods in Eurovision history. So we go way back to the 80s and earlier. That's, that's one of the categories. We also have 90s and noughties. And the first song we play each episode is from 2010s to the present day. So we're taking people back in history. We do. Yeah. And then the second three will be a UK entry... A bridesmaid slot, we're still not sure on that name yet, but we're sticking with it. Yeah. And a bridesmaid slot is someone who came second place, and we're going to show them a little bit of extra love. And then my personal favourite, which is the Juice Award, named after the criminally missed out opportunity of going to Eurovision, Juice. And, and that is for someone who should have gone to the competition, but didn't quite make it. And then we hand over to the Eurovision gods for our final song, which is randomised totally. It can be any year... Uh, any song, any performer, we really don't know what's going to happen. Are we going to take bets on which year turns up again? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's go so, for it. What's your option this time around? I'm thinking it's going to be 2020, the lost year. I don't Ooh, know why. That would be nice. Right, I'm going to go maybe early 70s. Okay. Maybe 73. Yeah, good choice. Is it a good choice or is it a bad choice? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. The chances of the stage being carpeted are very high. <laughs> and there'll definitely be an orchestra there. Ugh. So if you're ready to join us on this journey into Eurovision's past, it's time to hear that familiar anthem. So as always, our first category is 2010s to present day. And we're only a little way into the 2010s here with our first choice, aren't we? Tell us what it is, Ryan. I'm excited by this one. It's Rockefeller Street by Gettigiani, who represented Estonia in 2011. Tonight it is showtime 
Get a journey with Rockefeller Street. What do you think of that? Well, this was one of the contests where we got it on CD. We were in a pattern <laughs> of buying the CDs every year at this point. Mm. And this was the one that stood out on the CD to us before the before the contest. We were like, this is the best song of the contest. So did you get the CDs? Before? Yeah, they always ah. yeah, they always released about about a month before. Oh, okay. Yeah. So once all the national selections had been decided, the CD would come out. Nice. And we'd always try and get it as soon as we could and play it in the car forever. <laughs> and yeah, and it always meant that by the time we got to the contest, the songs that we thought would do well didn't necessarily do so well because the difference between a recorded yeah. song and the live vocal. Oh, I suppose there's the you're invested in them, but then sometimes you can see the wheels falling off. Yeah, and and, and this is one of those songs, that I think looking back at it now, I think it wasn't as bad as I thought it was in 2011, the performance. It just feels a bit under-rehearsed. There's an energy in the recording that comes out a little bit more chaotic on the stage, yeah. I suppose, isn't there? Yeah. But that I will say what happens on the stage is it she's giving a concert more than like a weird performance you know like when some people are so nervous about being in Eurovision and you yeah. can see it in their bodies whereas she was just having a great time she had a good time yeah bringing the party the stage was so colorful and so bright there was a lot going on yeah i love the color palette yellow blue pink and purple and we had these skyscrapers winging out at the back um, you had her in a pink dress, the other female dancers were in yellow and blue, and there was four guys who had colours as part of their outfits. The four guys were a bit messy, they weren't the best dancers. At one point someone almost falls over <laughs> towards yep. the end, which is a shame. It just it looks like they're not completely certain of what they're doing. I think the other problem is those little cardboard buildings on the stage that look quite 
small. Well, we're very confused about the small cardboard buildings, which makes her look like a Godzilla yeah. stomping through yeah. Rockefeller Street that also has the London Eye in the background. We don't know why the London Eye's there. But it's there the whole time. It Even is. when all the other buildings yeah. start zooming by. Yeah. Rockefeller Street. Maybe there is a Rockefeller Street in London. We've not actually checked. I think there is. <laughs> I like the music box sound of, that it has all the time. Yeah. I think that's really cool. And there's magical elements at the start. There's a, is it a scarf that turns into a, a Oh, stick? she's got magic tricks at she the start, has, hasn't she? she yeah. Has. Which is good. Now, the thing we should say about what happened with this song next, because my son knows this song. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? The song had a second life. Yeah. So the song went viral. On TikTok. Yeah. I feel like it was before TikTok was a thing. I think it, it was. And yeah. then it, maybe it's, then had it's had gone, second it's had revivals. a revival on TikTok yeah. again, yeah. So he was like, oh, I know that song, or that part of it. Mm. So when we watched it. There's, yeah. So there's a sped up version that the yeah. internet likes. Yeah, which we'll play in a bit of now. <laughs> I still prefer the original, but oh. I can see why that was kind of taken because it's really catchy. It's really catchy and it's got all of the energy and you can see why people would do funny dances to it. Yeah, or... yeah. it's very much a do a funny dance on TikTok to it, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So whereas on the night, I believe it didn't end up doing too well. It was last. It was last. It was last out of 24 countries. It does not deserve to be no. last. No, when you think of some of the songs that, you know, every year there's at least five or six songs you think, well, that is utter pants. Mm. And that was clearly one of the best songs. And it just, no, it just didn't land. So it rightfully deserves to have that second life and probably spread further than what was the winner that year. Do we remember the winner that year? Oh, 2011. Well, yeah, it was that awful winner. It was the bloody Azerbaijanis running oh uh, we don't yes we have we have strong feelings about that one don't we, <laughs> we do that it was nowhere near in the there all white yeah oh it's not good not good power ballady yeah. sort of when you compare it to that you think well no yeah no i would i would take that i'd take rockefeller street a thousand times this is going to be a eurovision tribunal <laughs> very much so <laughs> so thank you Geta Jani for bringing the fun the magic the musical box flavour of Rockefeller Street so next up we're heading to the 90s and noughties yeah we are this is a fun one um, I remember I loved it so much by the time I watched the contest that I was dancing to it at the back of the room while we had a party and everyone else was watching it and they're like, why Why is he dancing at the back? <laughs> Freak. Um, and the song is Shake It Up Shekarim by Keenan Dogulu. Representing Turkey. In 
So that was Shake It Up Shekerim by Keenan Dogulu of Turkey back in 2007. So first off, I'm channeling my inner Len Goodman of yeah. Strictly. There's a lot of faffing at the beginning of that with nothing going on. He's in a cocoon. A golden cocoon. A golden cocoon. And there's a good maybe 16 bars, maybe even longer of... Not him. Not him. <laughs> no singing. Nothing going on. The girls are shaking it. They're shaking it up. Yeah. Shekerim. <laughs> Yeah, but there's not a lot going on there at the beginning. But you mentioned that you were doing a big old dance to this at your party. So did you also have a cocoon that you entered out of? I mean, I was obviously not committing as much as I should have done. No, I was just dancing at the back. Is that because you couldn't have the dancers to hold up the cocoon for you to have a dramatic reveal? I feel like now I deserve them, (laughs) but I didn't know I deserved them back then. Yeah. Another thing I didn't realise back then is that he's not that attractive. He, he's tran- channeling a lot of uh, a Justin Timberlake vibe. Is he? Of, I guess that was there was a lot of that in the water at that time. Yeah, maybe. he's quite short. I mean, he's okay looking. He's just, I, at the time, I thought, oh, he's really hot. And I was thinking, well, I'm thinking now. <laughs> really? But, so he's wearing some sort of red blazer. Yeah. And then maybe like jeans and a white polo shirt and yeah, trainers. I know. It's like, and it's, it's, like, it's like the blazer's on, doing a lot and everything up. else is, no. it's almost like he turned up and someone was like, are you going on stage like that? Well, you've got to put this coat on. He should have, I mean, he should have been in leather trousers, but then I always put everyone in leather trousers if I have the choice, don't I? If he was serious about winning, he would have been in leather trousers. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, this was in 2007 in Helsinki. What position do you think he came, Ryan? Oh, gosh. Full disclosure, I don't think I've ever even heard this song before. Okay. I'm going to say probably a safe middle, but probably just on the right-hand side of the table. So like 13th, 14th? Song. Yeah. Yeah. It was 4th. No way. <laughs> yes. It did really well. Wow. So people were really feeling this on the night. And it was really funny because like on the basis of that performance, it's not necessarily obvious that it would do that well. And I think everyone in the party that I was at was like, 
God, Andy's really going for it. It's not going to do well at all. And then it, it really did. It's, it's weird as well because it's a strong year because the winner that year was Molitvar from Serbia. Okay. And then second was La- Dancing Lasha Tumbai, Verka Sadushka. So it was a really strong year. So for it to come fourth there, it was up with some really strong... Because I feel like the vocals on this one were a little bit yeah. flat yeah. compared to the studio recording, which we also just had a quick listen to, just to get the difference yeah. in the music and everything the video is right good. The video is good. It's sexier and it's it's the sound again. It's that thing with Getajani as well. The difference between the live and the recorded song. And I suppose if you spent time with it before the show, you hear that yeah. version in your head and it's already won you over, whereas a lot of people that watch the show and like to go in clean are like, well this one's a bit all over the place. Yeah, exactly. So, interesting. It is. But not one that I feel has no. stood the test of time as much. No one ever talks about it. I don't it. think we could I've go into a bar it. and request this one and get it on straight away. Possibly in Turkey. Maybe in Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never ever heard it anywhere. No, I've never heard it since. So now we're heading to the 50s to the 80s. Yeah, I always feel a bit naughty here because like, the chances of us doing something from the 50s and 60s are slim. We all get there. <laughs> that, that's the randomizer's job, ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Um, we're only going back as far as 77. But this is a song from Finland. And this is Monica Asplund. And the song is regarded as a Eurovision classic now. Not at the time. And the song is called Laponia. Soy. Na, 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 na. 
So what did we think of Monica Asplund and Laponia? So I actually really enjoyed that. Did you? Yeah. It's got a nice punchy chorus to it and, yeah. you know, the boom boom of it and everything. And the, there's a lot of clapping going on in it and, and that. And a lot of side that, clapping. That's, side clapping. Yeah. And that's things that just resonate with me. Does it? It's that. And then when it went back to the piano and it, like, they went back yeah. to the, there were delicate moments in it yeah. and punchy moments in it. Yeah. That's what I really enjoyed about that. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you again, how well do you think it did out of a field of 18? I think it did quite well. Did you? Yeah, but I don't know if that's because I feel like I know it. Yeah. I recognise it, so I feel like maybe it must have done quite well. Come on, pick a pick a place. I'm going top three. It was 10th. Oh, no, it was really? <laughs> yeah. Out of 18? Yeah, not good. Oh, no. They didn't understand it, but I, looking back at it now and having just watched the performance in the UK in 1977, I'm thinking maybe it was that scream, that dodgy scream note she did. Oh, she 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 went for a note and she'd missed it a bit, She missed she? it completely. But she missed it and then someone came on stage and murdered her for missing it. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we ended up hearing. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just wanted to share with you the lyrics and, and also talk about the fact that back in the day, a lot of, I don't know whether you know this, but a lot of the countries had to sing in their national language oh. and they weren't allowed to sing in English. And suddenly that switched and you could start singing in English. And when they started singing in English, people started to win. And this is why right. the UK used to always do so well, because English was more of a, a majority language. Yes. Yeah, that, that seems really unfair. Yeah, and that's the way it was for years and years and years. And it, I don't know exactly when it started to change, but yeah. So just, just a bit of casual racism thrown in there. Well, really. I guess this kind of celebration of that country's language is the point. Mm. And that was the Eurovision principle there. But the problem, therefore, becomes that they just can't be as successful because you don't know what they're singing about. Mm. I love the lyrics for Laponia. If you need to get away, I know some place where you, we can stay. Far away from the city, it's peaceful every day. Why don't we get on a plane tonight and head for the Northern Lights where you can be happy? So sing along with me now. Laponia. Laponia. Snow lying everywhere, there's magic floating in the air, the temperature is zero, but love's keeping us warm. And all the stars in the northern sky will all shine down for you, and we can make it happen, so sing along with me now. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. Okay. <laughs> this was very much an anthem for Lapland. It's Lapland is what it means mm -hmm. for um, northern Finland, I guess. And um, was very popular in Scandinavian countries and it charted in Finland highly and in Sweden as well. So yes, very much a Scandi song, but it's kind of the sort of song that's joked about as like, oh, this, you know, rubbish Eurovision. But in fact, I still like it. I don't care. I like it. Yeah, it's one of those songs. That it's definitely a Eurovision song. Yeah. But it's a good Eurovision song. Yeah. Though I can see why it would stand the test of time. Yeah. Or I can see why people that like Eurovision would like this. Yeah. And I'm surprised. I, I hear on various podcasts people talk about this. And they're all people who I think, well, they would never like this song. And they're like, oh, this is one of my favourites. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. It's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> not just you. No. My other question, I must ask our friend Anna Korgadal whether she's related to Monica Asplund. Because she's definitely related to Gunnar Asplund, who built the Stockholm Public Library. So I'm just wondering if she might be related to her. Well, this would be a nice little Easter egg if she actually listens to the episode. Yes, she won't it. listen. No. <laughs> Despite being a Swede, all Swedes should love Eurovision. Yeah. 
basic bitch Ryan here. Just to let you know that you can get in touch with us on email at eurovisionqueens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at eurovisionqueens and on Twitter we are eurokeenspod. Now back to the show. Okay, we're moving on now to UK entries. What have we got this time? This time, we're going back to 1982 with One Step Further by Bardot. I'm sorry, I can't have you saying Bardot. (laughs) It's Bardot. Bardot. (laughs) I said Bardot. (laughs) You say Bardot, I say Bardot. (laughs) Bardot. You can't say Bardot. I'm saying it the same way you're saying (laughs) it. You're not. You're saying Bardot. Bardot. And I'm saying Bardot. Bardo. Yeah, exactly. And I was in Newcastle at the time, so it was very much Bardo. <laughs> Bardo. Yeah. So it's. Why, man, is Bardo singing one step further? <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go.
that was Bardo. <laughs> <laughs> and one step further. What did you make of that? Well, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, well, right from the get-go, we've got a very interesting dance on the floor going on. Yeah. Where they're, it's giving me uh, drama class vibes of, like, we've come up with this little dance routine sort yeah. of thing going on. And for anyone that's not seen the performance, they're sat back to back. They do, like, a head away, towards, back away. And then there's bum and jiggles. And then bum jiggles. And then they get up on their on all fours, and then they do like a yeah. kind of like a cat pose. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. And that's before they've even started to sing. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of it takes away Ooh, from it, doesn't it, it? it? It's a it's a bold choice right at the beginning. Yeah. This is another song. God, this is the theme of the episode. Another song where it was loved before it was in Eurovision. Absolutely loved. You know what position did this get in the UK charts? That's a question for you. Oh, I would have thought it would have done really well. I would have thought. It, I could have seen that going to number one. No, it was number two. Okay. But it was really popular, hugely popular. Everyone loved it. Well, and I'm, I know this song. Yeah. So I, I can imagine that. And I don't know why I know this song, but I know this song. Yeah. I think it's just National Consciousness song, this one. Exactly. Yeah. The problem I have with it is that she is meant to be shy. The song is about her being shy and not being able to get the, the eye of this other guy. But she's there with her bloody giant high heels and massive dress and big pants everywhere and well and at one point she throws her leg over yeah him. and she's like oh I'm, I'm too nervous to talk to you but she's quite happy to show him her knickers <laughs> so it's kind of like I just don't buy it from the from the performance she's mm. far too confident one of the reasons she was so confident is she was a seasoned performer by this point right. she'd already competed in Eurovision before uh-huh. oh okay she was the lead singer with the group Prima Donna and that group became third in oh, 1980, okay. so in the final. So she had a lot of Eurovision experience. Right. She was trying to follow up that experience with a win. What position do you think it came? How many entries were there that night? Or <laughs> I'm gonna. All right, I'm gonna say top five. <laughs> oh no, I'm thinking the, the song. I would say top five. What we just witnessed. I'm gonna say maybe top ten. Yeah, it was seventh. Oh, okay, there it we go. Seventh. Yeah. Although the one thing I will commend them for yeah. is the ambitious dancing with microphones that still had cables. Yeah. Because they uh, should have been in a complete knot by yeah. the end of that. Something I should say is John Peel, everyone's favourite um, DJ, radio DJ, John Peel, he always said this was his very favourite Eurovision song. And he was just like, that's just a fact in terms of music. Well, that's high credit indeed. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Think so. And we should talk about the who made up Bardo, Sally Ann Triplett and Stephen Fisher. We have mentioned Sally Ann Triplett and having been in Eurovision before... Far more important to me is that she appeared in the main cast of Acorn Antiques, the musical in the <laughs> West End, and I sort of play Miss Berta, and she was really good. Okay. So, yeah, she's a, it's a musical theatre star. She'd done everything. She played Roxy Hart in Chicago. She did all the, all the main roles in London. So right. she's... Yes. But I think here, her performance was just too much, in a way. It's from that a time when people would have still done the whole park and bark and right. picked their spot on the yeah. stage and sung from there. And that's why, obviously, the stage is quite small. And, and, they, and they, they tried they, to use all of it, didn't exactly, they? Exactly, yeah. They tried to use all of it. They gave it a bit of character. But they looked constrained and it was just felt a bit odd. Yes. But maybe that was the birth of people starting to do a little bit more. Yeah. But you, dear listeners, have just listened to the actual, you know, radio edit, the, the song that got to number two. And you probably think, well, it was amazing. <laughs> exactly. Go and watch the performance. It's a little less amazing. It's a little less amazing, but they did well with the microphones that they had. <laughs> I, wow. I, I was watching it thinking, how are they not in a tangled. tangled and fallen over by this point? Indeed. It, it was a health and safety risk. Right. So, 
we're leaving 1982 behind and we're going to our bridesmaid slot. So, who have we got this time? We've got Hey Mama by The Sunstroke Project, who represented Moldova in 2017. Correct. <laughs> So that was the Sunstroke Project. Yeah. With Hey Mama. It was. What do you think? I love it. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's such a toe tapper in a very specific toe tapping way. You've got to tap with your foot to the side. Yeah. All the way through. It's that proper new Eurovision or what Eurovision is, where it's like happy party song. Yeah. But it's got all the elements there. We've got like lots of character. We've got the foot tapping, sort of, you know, like now that would be. The TikTok yeah. trend of everything. And we it's so polished, isn't it? It's just so neat. They know exactly what they're doing at every point. Whether mm. it's dancing, singing, the, 
the performance of the the women who were there's three women who've got their bouquets with the mics in them. Yep. And then they do a reveal and they turn into brides. Yes. Hooray. We love a reveal. We do. But I think it's the legography that wins it for me. Well, and most importantly, the sax guy. Oh, yeah, the sax guy. So iconic. That is Sergei Stepanov. Sunstruck Project were also in 2010, so that's when we last heard him. So that's two iconic sax solos from him. Yeah. But this is the one that really hit through. And yeah. Everyone knows. Yeah. Big shout out to Sergei Yalovitsky, who's on lead vocals. What a sexy guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not even got leather pants on. I know, and I still go for it. <laughs> Like him a lot. Well, it also helps that he didn't drop any vocals there. Oh, so good. So good. For the first time in our episode. (laughs) Do you know why they're called the Sunstroke Project? I'm imagining they got really bad sunstroke one day. Yeah, well, Heatstroke, um, the saxophonist did while he was in the (laughs) army. Oh, okay. That's a bit more serious. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's the story behind the name. So what position did it come on the night? Well, we know it was second place because it's the Bridesmaid Award slot. But it came second to Salvador Sobral, who won that year from Portugal. Oh. (laughs) I don't mind it that much. (laughs) What I don't like is... It's a very shift in tone. What I don't like is that he was like, oh, this is true music. Mm. As if this isn't music. No. You can live your best life to this song. Yeah. And there's a time for Salvador Sobral's music, but there's a time for this music as well. And the music shouldn't be categorised and compared like that. No. Unless you're making a podcast and you want to categorise and compare (laughs) songs to one another. (laughs) Damn it. He's got me. He's got me. (laughs) So thank you for Sunstroke Project for the joy that you've given in our lives. And just giving us sax guy. Yeah, sax guy's enough. But <laughs> sex guy's also good. Sorry, is that called, did I actually call him sex guy? Sergei Yalovitsky. Yes, I you do. You have now. And deliberately. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> right, we move straight on to the Juice Award, the award for the group or artist who did not make it to Eurovision. I need you to go to, to Eurovision. Eurovision. We have a national selection that was in Norway in 2021. Ryan is here to tell us more. So hardcore Eurovision fans will know what song is coming up next. Yeah. And I also feel that anybody that knows me at all would probably have thought this was the song... You'd have chosen in episode one. I would have chosen in episode one. And it almost is the song that this award would be named after if it wasn't for me being such a small kid back in that time. Like, this one hurts me as much as Juice. So the song is Monument by Kaino. Yeah. And... He's lost for words. Lost that excited about it. Lost for words. Norway 2021. Let's get into it.
So, <laughs> I, get, I still get emotional watching that. <laughs> I love it so much. It's insane how much I love that. <laughs> so that was Kaino uh, with Monument. So obviously Kaino... <laughs> He's, so He's got tears in his eyes, bless him. Obviously Kaino went to Eurovision in 2019. And while they didn't win, they did win the public televote. They did. That was the, one of the best moments in Eurovision ever. It was one of the best moments, but they didn't actually know they won at the time. It <sighs> was a chaotic sort yeah. of, you know, they, they rocketed up the leaderboard, but yeah. it was in that new format. And obviously you didn't know there was still a lot of other people going on. So it was, it, it hit them. Anyway, yeah. They finished <laughs> sixth was, in 2019. But yeah. And they got a massive jury vote having gotten nothing from the... No, not no, jury no, vote. Yeah. Massive televote having gotten nothing from the jury. The jury were so harsh to yeah, that. Yeah. Spirit in the Sky is my sister's favourite Eurovision song. And that is also an incredibly good Eurovision song. Yeah. But when Kaino came back with Monument, they had the confidence because they were formed as a band that, like, they combined their powers for the 2019 Eurovision and had all the success of that. And then, obviously, they've stayed as a band and I love that, that they've stayed together. And this just has their confidence of having a couple of years experience together and knowing their identity a lot more. I remember because they, they went straight through to the finale of their selection of the Melody Grand Prix, but they played the song for like on the first week. They just kind of had like a guest spot and performed it and straight away I loved it and it kind of cemented them in like my fandom of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean going forward it's also kind of cemented them in Eurovision lore. Mm-hmm. Especially with the fandom, I yeah. think like yeah. it, this was this was a big song. So the band members are Alexandra, Fred, and Tom. And can I just say, Tom is very hot. Tom is very hot. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all brilliant singers. And of course, Fred is doing his yoika, that special singing yes. technique, and, and that just gives Kaino their identity. So you've got a T-shirt which has that line on it, don't you? The line from yes. Yeah, so you bought me the 
crying, loving, dancing, fighting. Yeah. And I have to admit, I wear when I'm feeling a bit fragile or something, I will put that t-shirt on and it makes me feel like I'm channeling all four of those emotions. Oh. Without a shadow of a doubt, this was my number one song on my Spotify that year. Yeah. And it and still Kino are my number one band. And we don't even <laughs> talk about who beat Kino, do we, to get take the Norwegian selection? No. No, we don't. You're not allowed to mention that. The same as Love City Groove yeah. will always Wait, be. No, a... You can say the name. You can't say the name of the other person, can you? Who beat Kino. No, no. he's still going to <laughs> therapy for that. We will leave it there, I think. That was Monument from Kino that should have won the Norwegian selection back in 2021, but it will still have a place in Ryan's heart forever. And get played most days. Yeah. <laughs> We're almost at the end of the episode again. How did that happen? Well, we're at the point in the episode where we hand it over to the randomizer. Jesus. Let's see what's going to happen. This is this is just, honestly, it's a bit nerve-wracking. We had that random, random as anything song last year, which was third in, in Jerusalem in 1999. It was all about going to Jerusalem. Oh, yeah. What will we have this time? Right, so we're going to figure out the year first. Oh, 2011, we've... which happened last time. We had what, a song from 1999, the next 1999. 2011, we've already had Geta <laughs> Johnny. So, what song is it going to be from 2011? Right. Find out. I know there's 24 songs because Geta <laughs> Johnny was 24. We're playing song 22. I have a horrible feeling about this that you're not going to like what this is. Uh-oh, be. Oh, no. <laughs> is it really? It could be. We'll find out. Okay. So, it's okay. So... Song 22 was from Spain, and the, the artist was Lucia Perez, or Perez, and the song is called Queer Me Quiten Lo Bailao, <laughs> <laughs> or something to that effect.
So that was Lucia Perez with Quimiquitan Lo Bailo. Which means they can't take the fun away from me. No, and they didn't, did they? No. It was a lot of fun. She was there in a pink dress, silky pink dress, and backing dancers all in white, some men, some women. And the women were holding flare gun things, weren't they? Or well, not guns. But yeah, they had little batons. So I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And yeah. then two thirds of the way through, they switched they them on for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should say we were very relieved it wasn't song number 19. We were three away from that, which was Ellie and Nikki running scared, the one that won that year, which yeah. no I, one likes. No I'm one run, likes I that run one. scared from that song. No one likes that winner. So, how do you think this did out of the 24 songs? Well, we know it was 24th. We know it wasn't last, because that was Get a Journey with Rockefeller Street. Yeah, and I can see a marked improvement in performance and quality and everything. Like this, this was good. Really? You thought yeah. It was I thought no. I, I'm not. I'm not saying I preferred the song. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying this was tight. Everything was good about it, and okay. it was fun. It was a party. Position. I'm gonna say five to ten. <laughs> it was twenty third. Oh no! <laughs> I was so off on that year's voting. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was in such a foul mood that year. Well, they were with those two songs. We had last and second last in this in this um one podcast. I think they. I think people. What what's the sport when you vote less? Po- Maybe they were thinking it was golf this year, <laughs> and the lowest score wins. <laughs> Maybe that. But was then it. no one told anybody what yeah. the act that, that they changed it to that. Yeah. <laughs> Just to say that um, she was sixteenth in the televoting, so she wasn't like regarded as the lowest. So the people at home enjoyed it. Well, a little. A little. (laughs) Yes. But, yeah, good to have a bit of variety. We haven't had a song from Spain, so it's good to have a Spanish song in there. Nice to go to Spain. It was. Sunny. So, that wraps up this episode. We've got another one in the can. Gosh. Gosh. Three down. And the playlist that we're building on Spotify is getting quite quite a collection now. It's a really good playlist now. Yeah, I'll add everyone every at the end of every episode. And yep. it's gonna it's gonna turn into quite the party beast when we get there. Don't it? Absolutely. So don't forget to follow us on socials. We are Euro Queens Pod on Twitter, Eurovision Queens on Instagram, and Eurovision Queens at gmail.com by email. And we'd love people to send us their requests, especially for songs that should have gone to Eurovision that didn't quite. Yeah, we want your opinions on that. And but- ones that came second place. Yeah. That would always be good too. But also just anything really. Yeah. We're just, likely to play it. Yeah, just say hi. Yeah. What was your favourite? Yeah. Okay, we're going to continue to melt in this sunny weather. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be with you next time for more Eurovision goodness. Goodbye. Bye. Eurovision. So before we go, it's just time to tell you to follow us on Instagram at Eurovision Queens. <laughs> How can you forget that? It's the name of the podcast. Forgotten the name of the podcast. And our Gmail, Eurovision Queens. Oh, and now are you forgetting the podcast? <laughs> Eurovision Queens at gmail.com. And Twitter is Euro Queens. <laughs> we need to get these written down. Yes, we do. <laughs>